What's up and welcome to the Very Best Self Podcast. I'm your host, Victoria Brown. Tune in each week as I have candid conversations with inspiring humans, including athletes, entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and anyone out there making waves. Get ready to leave your comfort zone behind, step into your power, and live a more purpose-driven life. I am so happy that you're here. Now let's do this. All right, all right, all right. Welcome back, you guys. Today, I have Tanya Dalton on the pod. So Tanya is a best-selling author, speaker. She's been like nationally recognized as a productivity expert. Um, and so she has a previous book called The Joy of Missing Out, which like speaks to my soul, I feel like. Um, and then her current book that is uh, on stands and available now for purchase is called On purpose, um, which we love. We want to live a life on purpose. Of course, we don't want to just go through the motions. We always want to do things on purpose. And so that's what her entire book is about. It's the busy woman's guide to living an extraordinary life um, and just really stepping into your truth and your power. And that's what she's all about. She has been, you know, on NBC, Fox, VIP contributor to entrepreneur.com. She's literally everywhere. Also on top of all of that, she's the founder and CEO of Inkwell Press Productivity Company. So she's like literally walking her talk and talking her walk. Um, and so I'm excited to have Tanya on today and we are going to get into it um, so that you can, you know, really live your life on purpose. So here we go. Hey, you guys, welcome back. Today, I have Tanya Dalton in the freaking studio. We're going to do this. I'm so excited to have you on today, Tanya. Um, yeah, so first of all, just thanks so much for being here and being on with us. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited about today's conversation. Yes. Um, so you previously wrote a book called the joy of missing out, which I love so much because I feel like as we get older, definitely FOMO turns to JOMO and like, we're just like so happy to miss out on things, <laughs> um, right? Um, yes. so that is a best-selling book of yours, but when this episode drops, your second book will be available to anyone out there to purchase. And so we're going to talk about, you know, what's in those pages and what this book is all about. And the book is called On Purpose. And it is the busy woman's guide to an extraordinary life and of meaning and success. Yes, I'm really excited about this, this new book. You know, I, I wrote Jomo, The Joy of Missing Out, because I felt like a lot of women were feeling really overwhelmed, really overwhelmed by their to-do list, overwhelmed by all the things they have to do each day. And so it really was about how do we create systems so that we can feel really productive. And when I talk about productivity, it's not about doing more, it's doing what's most important, right? So really understanding how we prioritize. And I wrote that book and HarperCollins asked me to write a follow-up book. They're like, can you write a second book? And I said, yeah, I could write it on goal setting. And I thought I would write a book on goal setting because I could, I mean, I've taught thousands of women how to set and achieve goals. So I was really excited about writing a goal setting book. And I, I sat down in February of 2020. I mapped out this whole outline. Like it was really detailed what we're going to talk about in each chapter and how we're going to talk about goal setting. And then March of 2020 happened and the whole world just like flipped on its head, right? With the pandemic, right. I'm suddenly homeschooling my kids and, you know, shifting my business and trying to figure out all those things, making my team feel at ease and, and all those things. And so the book got put on hold. I couldn't write because I was in the middle of a pandemic for crying out loud with two children at home that I was trying to teach. Uh, and I didn't write and I didn't write. 
And I think what is the really beautiful thing is a lot of times we can really beat ourselves up for having that kind of a pause in our schedule, especially if we're type A, we're like, this is the plan and I veered off the plan and now it's a mess. But here's what's amazing. And this was such a great lesson for me through this whole experience was by having that really intentional pause and just paying attention to what was happening in the world around us, I was hearing all these women asking these questions like, wait, why have I been doing things the way I've been doing? What is life really all about? Why am I really here? Is this, is this what I want? And so when I sat down to really write the book months after I had anticipated starting, a very different book started coming out of me. It really started flowing with this idea of, Goals are not the goal. I think so often we we approach goals like when I achieve X, then I'm going to be happy. Or when I retire, then I can do the things I want. And it's not about the goals. It's really about that bigger lifestyle. It's really about living a life that feels meaningful, that feels successful every single day. Goals are the vehicle to get us there, but they're not the end all be all. And so that's really how this book came about was a whole shift in my own world as the pandemic happened as well. Wow. I love that. I mean, and I love that line specifically that goals are not the goal. Yeah. I think it's a real mindset shift because we, as a society, we put a lot of emphasis on goals and I do talk about goals in the book because they are a vehicle to get you to that life you want. But I think we all, we seem to treat them as this thing that, that, that's going to make us happy that when we do these things, but what happens is, first of all, our goals sometimes don't really work out. Like they, we get a fire in our belly, let's say in January. And then by March, it's like fizzled out, or maybe even by the end of January, it's fizzled out. And I think the reason why is a lot of times we're not setting our goals. We're setting goals for everybody else. We, we look around and we're like, oh man, she's killing it over here. I need to do what she's doing. Or this woman over here, she's doing some successful things. I should do what she's doing. And we're looking around everybody else to figure out if we're successful or not. Instead of really choosing goals that work for the life that we want, for the lifestyle that really we desire. And so it's really about how do we even understand what our goals should be for ourselves? And so it's that, I think it's also just, you know, this whole idea in society that we're just supposed to do the things, like just keep doing the things, keep doing the things. This is just how life is. And then one day I'll be happy. So it's really throwing all of that out the window and saying, all right, let's figure out who you are. Let's figure out what it is you want. Then let's set goals that really work for you and what you really want. And then we can be happy every single day. Cause that's really, that's really what we want. Of course, that's what we want. We want to be happy every single day. So I love that. Just learning to be happy right where you are right now Mm -hmm. and then getting really, really crystal clear on what it is that you really actually want moving forward. And I love that so much because that's something that I also, you know, teach to my life coaching clients and people in my soul cycle classes and listeners here as well. It's like when you have a goal list, because yes, you should absolutely have a goal list. You should have Mm -hmm. a list of things that you want to do. They're important to you that you want to accomplish. Yes. But I just, I just have to unpack and like, really like what you said, because I love it so much, which is take a look at your goal list and ask yourself, like how many things are on that list? Because you genuinely at your core really want to make those things happen. And how many Mm -hmm. things are on that list? Because you saw somebody else do it and you wanted the 
accolades that they had or you wanted the praise that they had. Um, and, and it's like, you know, so, and when you have those things on your list that you, that are there because you saw someone else do them, it means that they're not actually truly authentic to, to you. So when you do achieve them, mm-hmm. that, that all elusive happiness that we're all chasing, right. That's why sometimes when you cross something off that list, that wasn't really meant for you. It's like, that's why you're not feeling this immense joy from it because yes. it was never really meant for you. Like you just went after it because you saw somebody else doing it and you're like, oh, that would be cool. <laughs> you know, and that's human. It's a human thing to do. We just have it to is. be more mindful of that. I mean, we, we've all done it. We've all done it where we've set a goal and then we realize, wait a minute, I don't even like this goal or this really doesn't fit what I actually want. It fits what I think I'm supposed to want. I think we spend a lot of our time cramming ourselves inside those tiny little boxes society creates for us of what it looks like on the outside or what other people are doing or what we think we're supposed to be doing. And there's this very real, very measurable drop in happiness that happens when we achieve a goal that doesn't have a bigger, you know, a tie to our purpose. It's called the goal setting paradox. And we see it in Olympic athletes. We see it in high achievers that you achieve this goal. And then you're like, okay, now what? You know, I thought I was going to be happy when I did this, but then suddenly I'm not. And I'm still back at that same place I was at the beginning thinking, is this all there is? Or is there, is there more to this? And this is, this is why we want to tie our goals to that much bigger purpose, that much bigger vision of where we want to go. I, I think that the word purpose has a lot of weight to it. So I want to talk about that for a second, if, if you're I'd good with that, because for you to jump all the way into, yeah, the meat of like, what does it mean to live life on purpose, right? Yeah. I mean, I feel like purpose is one of those words where it feels like purpose, like it's so heavy and weighted and it defines you now and forever. And it's no surprise that people are like, I don't even want to think about this. Like, I don't know. And, And it can be really scary when you feel like you don't know. But living on purpose isn't about changing who you are. It's rising up and becoming the best version of you. It's really looking out to that broad horizon way off in the future and saying, oh, that's what I want. It's living bigger than your to-do list is what it is. It's really making sure that the actions we're doing, the actions we're taking on a daily basis are tied to that big, beautiful, bright future that we actually want for ourselves. That's what living on purpose is all about. I love that. I love it. I love it. I love it. I think a great way to get there as well. And I don't know, you'll probably agree, but I'd love to hear what you have to think about it. It's just spending time, like closing your eyes and visualizing what it is that your dream life looks like. And it, mm-hmm. it sounds silly and it sounds woo woo. And it sounds like super like corny, if you will. But if you can't see what your dream life looks like in your mind, if you can't visualize that, if you can't see it, then how can you create it in the goals that you set for yourself and the actions that you take day by day and the way that you choose to live your life and the habits that you have and and all of that? And how can you know if your current habits are really working for you at all, if you can't see what that larger vision is? I think it's so important to have that vision. It it really is. And I like that you said that some people think it's woo-woo, but visualization has been scientifically proven to help us get what it is we want. I mean, medical doctors use that even for people who've, you know, uh, had strokes to build up muscle through visualization. So it absolutely works. I think that's what becomes daunting, though, is people feel like, I don't even know what to dream about. I have no idea or we lose sight of who we are in trying to identify as a mother 
or, you know, an entrepreneur or whatever it is, we, we take on that identity and we lose sight of who we really are. And I like to tell people, you don't have a blank page. You actually have a full library of information. All we need to do is do a little time traveling. The, the first section of the book is called Reflection because it really is about looking backwards so that you can move forward. And if we go back in time, back to when you were an adult, because what happens is when we start adulting, we lose sight of who we are, right? We start really working hard mm -hmm. to fit in with what everybody else wants and what everybody else wants for us or, or what we think we're supposed to do. So let's go back in time to when you were a kid. So when you were young, what were the things that you loved? What were the things that brought you a lot of joy and excitement? Not the piano lessons that your mom dragged you to, kicking and screaming. What were the things that you were like, oh, I love this. Maybe it was playing outside. Maybe it was video games. Maybe it was softball. So you might think to yourself, okay, well, softball is not tied <laughs> to my purpose. I'm not going to be a professional softball player. But let's ask the question, why? Because that's what reflection does. Is it helps us answer that question, why? Why did you love softball? Was it the team aspect of it, the collaboration? Was it moving your body? Was it being outside? Was it the competitiveness? What was it you loved? And start gathering those things together. Think about, too, what, were, what was it you wanted to be when you grew up? You know, as adults, we feel like so much is impossible. When we were kids, anything was possible. In fact, everything was possible. We were like, I'm going to be the president. I'm going to be a professional athlete. I'm going to be Wonder Woman, right? We're going to all those things. Yes. So yeah. ask yourself, why? Why? Even with the silly ones, why did I want to be Wonder Woman? Was it because she stood for truth and justice? Was it because she could get truth out of situations no one else could? Is it because she really inspired a whole generation of young girls to rise up? What was it that you loved? Really dive into that why of the things you loved in your past. And a lot of times your purpose is hidden in those little nuggets. Start looking for patterns, start looking for themes, and then it will start to emerge for you. And then it becomes even easier to visualize it, to see that future for yourself. Right. I love that. I mean, I try to, I think it's important, yeah, to uncover it, right? And you have to mm -hmm. peel back all of those layers and really get to the, the core of who you are and what matters, like really truly matters to you. Um, and we talked about it a little bit off camera before we we started um, our interview, but like I, you know, you asked about like, who are my listeners? Who are the people that like, you know, log in and listen to this, this podcast. And so I was telling, I was telling Tanya before we began about that and really what my personal mission statement is, which is, or the mission statement as well for the very best self podcast and all the other things that very best self is. Um, but it's helping people find stronger versions of who they already are together. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. if you have a mission statement uh, or a purpose, you know, it, it can help you find that purpose if you get really to the root and the core. Yeah, I think too, it's, you know, I think so often we get caught up in, in the doing, in the what, what it is we do. Like, let, let's say that you are someone who cuts hair and you, people ask you what you do. You say, oh, I cut hair. Well, why don't we tie that to a bigger purpose? Why don't we tie that to something so much bigger? You're not a person who cuts hair. You help women or men, whoever's hair you cut, step forward into the world with confidence to spread their message, to spread their mission. Because when we feel good about how we look, we go out into the world and we do good. And so really tying whatever it is you do, whether it's cutting hair or selling houses, or maybe you're the CEO of your home, which is what I call stay-at-home moms, uh, no matter what it is, tie it to something so much bigger than just what it is you do. 
How does this help other people? How does it affect other people? How does it impact the world around you? One of the statistics that I talk about in the book that I think is really eye-opening is the fact that we, as regular everyday people, without a podcast, without any sort of platform, every single one of us have the ability to affect 80,000 people in our lifetime. We have about 73.3 years that we are, are alive on average. We meet an average of three people a day, sometimes more, sometimes less. People at the grocery store or people on the soccer field cheering on your kids or wherever, right? 365 days a year. So when you add that up, it's 80,000 people over the course of your lifetime. So when you say that, who am I to do these great things or who, I don't know if I could do these things, 80,000 people, that's the number of lives you're going to impact in your day-to-day interactions. So it's ultimately up to you. Do you want your interactions to be positive, to change the trajectory of these people's lives? Or do you want it just to be negative? Like, I'm oh, just going through the, going through the motions. That's a choice. And if you don't share your gifts, if you don't share the things that make you amazing, that's being selfish. It's keeping those 80,000 people from getting to have the benefit of having met you and be impacted by you. So really shaking that on its head, right? That is so cool. And that is actually something I've never, ever, ever heard before. And I love it because it's so inspiring to think about like, okay, if I'm meeting on average a a day, three people, brand new people every single day that I can interact with, like, how can I make that interaction meaningful? How can I make it impactful? And knowing that like, just by, you know, getting to know someone's name or whatever it is, or just, you know, complimenting them in some way, like you can make someone's whole day or turn someone's whole day around and you have no idea what somebody's going through right as you're moving through your day you have no Mm -hmm. idea what someone is going through you have no idea what it might take in them to get up out of bed in the morning like you know what I mean like like really so truly and so I think I find that to be so inspiring just to kind of take it down to that like you know to that macro level of just like how can you impact and inspire um people throughout your day and knowing that you can make a difference yeah, I think it's really, really empowering. You, I like to say that I help women step confidently into intentional leadership. We all have the opportunity to lead, whether you are leading in your business because you own your own business or leading within your corporation if you work for a business or leading in your community or leading in your home. We lead regularly. People listen to us. People follow us and they pay attention and we have that ability to shift the way that they think, the way that they feel, the way that they believe, the way they get up out of bed every single day. Because you never know what it is that you say that can impact somebody's life. It's incredible when you really look at it. It really is. It absolutely is incredible. Um, And so I've got so many other questions that I'm excited to ask you. Um, So you say the practice of wayfinding can help us discover our future path. Can you talk us through what wayfinding is? Yeah, I'd love to. Super interesting. (laughs) Well, because, you know, we talked earlier about this whole idea that we're setting the wrong goals, or rather, we're setting the wrong goals for ourselves. We're setting our goals by looking around what everybody else is doing. So, how do you even figure out what your goal should be for you? What is the, the, what are the goals that are really going to get you to that life you want? So, wayfinding is this ancient Polynesian practice of getting across, they would use that to get across these like giant vast oceans before we had GPS, before we had, you know, iPhones or before we had maps, even they would use landmarks to navigate their paths to make it to where they want to go. 
So how do you figure out, how do you get to that big, bright, beautiful future that you dream about without a map? Well, we use wayfinding. We're going to create a map on our own. So if you look out into the horizon, off into a bigger tomorrow, what is your potential? Like 10 years down the road, 20 years down the road, when you look down the road, what does that look like? Okay, that's your potential. And that's really far away, which means it's really, really daunting. And it feels big, feels like there's no way you could do it, right? Okay, well, let's back it up. Let's give ourselves a landmark on our path. So if that's our potential, 20 years down the road, 10 years down the road, let's back it up. What is possible in the next three to five years? Like in the book, I draw, it's like a, it's like a little timeline where it's like you are here on one side and you have your potential all the way on the other side. Okay, back it up a little bit. What's possible in three to five years to get you to that big, beautiful future you want? What could you do in three to five years? All right, that's what's possible. Still really far away, still feels really big. Let's back it up a little bit more. If that's what's possible in three to five years, what's practical? What could I do in 12 months, in 18 months? What could I do practically, considering where I am right now, to make that really happen? So we've gone from our potential 10 to 20 years down the road, backed it up to three to five by looking at what's possible and then what's practical for 12 to 18 months. Okay, so if this is what's practical in like the next year, what do I need to prioritize? What are the things I need to prioritize right now? Those things we need to prioritize in the next three months, the next six months, the next nine months, those are your goals. Those are the goals that are gonna get you to that big, bright, beautiful future, that potential that we talked about that seems so far away. We just make those tiny steps with those goals to get ourselves moving forward to that first landmark of what's practical, and then we prioritize again. And that's how we wayfind. That's how we get to that big, beautiful potential that we have, this vision that we have of our future, how we do that today. Back it up, make it bite-sized, make it achievable. Right. I mean, it's those tiny steps. It is. We often get so discouraged by the rate of motion. We get so discouraged by the rate of motion and we have to focus less on the rate of motion and just know that you're moving the fact that you have motion at all. I think people just get discouraged and then they want to, they want to quit sometimes or give up because everything that they want to make happen in their lives is happening very, very slowly, but it's like anything else, anything like you have a leak in your roof, right? And you put a bucket. What does anybody do? Like before you can fix the leak leak in the roof, you find the easiest solution, which is to put a bucket beneath that tiny drip that's coming from the roof. And guess Mm -hmm. what? It's one drop and it's one drop and it's one drop in the bucket, one drop in the bucket. But before you know it, that bucket is full. And you've got to dump that bucket out and then start over clean and, you know, have to create more space because before you know it, the bucket is full. It's like before you know it, all of those tiny little steps add up. And then all of a sudden you look around and you're like, oh, Mm -hmm. wait a minute. Like, this is what I dreamt of. This is what I, 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 I planned for. And I didn't even realize that I was actually you know, moving so slowly, but that it just, you get there, you know, that's the rate of motion doesn't have to matter so much. People just think they have to sprint to wherever they're going. Yes. Um, but just knowing that if you don't give up, you will eventually arrive. So true. I think we undervalue the small steps. We look at the big steps and we think we have to do, make these giant leaps all the time. And if I'm doing small steps, it doesn't matter, but small steps lead to momentum. One tiny step is all you need to get started. One tiny step leads to two tiny steps, leads to three steps, leads to four steps, leads to a bigger step, which leads to running. 
And I think, you know, this is the thing is, and I, this is one of the things I talk about in the introduction, we're so caught up in the big leaps that we think about where we are now. And like we talked about a minute ago with that potential, it's a big range, right? It's like a chasm. It's like the Grand Canyon. We'll spend 20 years tinkering away, trying to make a jetpack so we can zoom across that divide in like 30 seconds flat. When if we instead just chose to put one foot in front of the other, going down the path, down the chasm, going across and back up the other side, we'd be there in a matter of days. So we think the small steps are slower. A lot of times they're actually faster. And here's the catch is there's a lot more joy in that journey when you're actually enjoying on a regular basis, these little small steps, these little tiny steps, because they absolutely, like you said, with your bucket, they add up, they make a huge difference. Before you know it, you look back behind you and you're like, look at all those small steps I took. Sometimes we have to see how far we've come in order to see how far we can go. That's one of the things I talk about in the book is this is why it's so important to make sure that we're stopping and we're checking in with ourselves to see, oh my gosh, have you ever done that where you're like on a hike and you're hiking and you're hiking and you're like, oh my God, I'm exhausted. I don't think I can make it. You stop and you're like catching your breath. And when I say catching your breath, I mean like your hands are on your knees, <laughs> you're hunched yeah. over and you look behind you and you go, oh my gosh, I came all this way. I didn't even realize it. Suddenly you have the momentum to make it all the way to the top. No problem because you've seen how far you've come. That's what small steps do. They let you see that you've made forward motion and forward motion is momentum. That's all we really need. Yeah. And the, and the power is always in looking backwards. I mean, I talk about this oh, yeah. all of the time. The power is in looking backwards and really truly seeing how far we've come, all the obstacles we've faced, all the things that we've overcome because it's the easiest thing to forget. Oh yeah. So on to the next thing, on to the next thing and putting all of our vision for in the, in the future. Uh, but just forgetting where we come from, came from doesn't, it's, it's not going to serve you. And if you want to get to that, the top of the mountain. Yeah. We, we undervalue the things that we do. A lot of times we, we focus in, we focus in on the negative. Our brain is actually hardwired to see the negative five times more than it sees the positive. So we see all the things that we didn't do well. You know, I mean, how many times have you run around busy all day long? You have a to-do list that's three miles long. You've checked a thousand things off that to-do list. You fall into bed at night, head hits the pillow, and you think, oh, why didn't I get more done? Even though you were busy all day long, even yeah. though you're exhausted, even though you are worn out, it's because we're so fixated on more. We're fixated on taking 50 steps, right? We think that we need more. But if I tell you to take 50 steps in 50 different directions, 50, let's call them big steps too, right? Because we love big steps. 50 big steps in 50 different directions. Where are you going to end up? Maybe in the same spot, maybe further behind, right? But right. if instead we chose to take five small steps, five small steps in a forward direction, where are you going to end up? Closer to where you want to go. So this is how we have satisfaction when we go to bed. This is how we feel good. This is when we go to bed at night and we think to ourselves, wow, today was amazing. Wow, I'm amazing. It's not when we do 50 things. It's when we do five things with intention, five things that are tied to that big, beautiful, bright purpose. Five small things make so much more of a difference in how we feel. Yeah, five things with intention. I love mm -hmm. that. I love that. And is that what you mean? Because um, I know in the book, you have, you share some fascinating brain research. 
um, in the book. So that explains, you know, why people have a hard time investing in their future selves. Um, and you were saying something about negative thoughts, but I'd love to hear more about the the brain research that you know about. Yeah, well, the negative thoughts definitely build into that, but there is some really fascinating brain research about how we view ourselves in the future. Um, they took these fMRI machines. So they're basically machines that map up out your brain. And they had participants talk about themselves right now, talking about themselves today. And a certain area of the brain starts lighting up, right? Like a Christmas tree. And they're like, great. Okay. Now talk about yourself in the future. Now the future could be three years down the road, three months down the road, three hours down the road. So future is just you in the future, any point. What's interesting is a very different part of the brain lights up, very different part of the brain than when you talk about yourself today. But here's what's most fascinating. When they have those same participants talk about Natalie Portman or Matt Damon, that same section of the brain that lights up about you in the future is what lights up for Natalie Portman and Matt Damon. So you in the future isn't you to your brain. To your brain, you today is the only you that's there. Because your brain wants you to survive wow. the day, right? So your brain in the future thinks that you are a stranger. Someone who looks like you and talks like you and looks like you has the same name as you, but it's not you. And this is why your brain prioritizes the wins for today. Today's win is a cookie, right? I'll let the lady down the road who's not me deal with why I didn't choose the carrot instead, right? This is why we have a hard time choosing to you know, say for our 401k, instead of buying the expensive shoes, we can't really afford because for your brain, it's hardwired to take care of us today. And when we understand that, that this is why a lot of times we struggle with seeing ourselves in the future. This is why visualization for yourself in the future might be harder for you. It's that our brain does not connect who we are in the future with who we are today. So our actions for today count for just that person for today. doesn't matter what happens down the road. Right. So we can hack our brain once we understand that wayfinding is one of the ways that we can do that, that our actions for today are really tied to tomorrow or even taking pictures of ourselves and age progressing them, even through filters that we find on Snapchat or Instagram and things like that. And really looking at yourself in the future when you're thinking about a savings plan or budgeting for yourself or your 401k, all of those things can change the way that we look at ourselves in the future so that we feel like the actions of today really matter. So it's fascinating to me that our brain doesn't see us in the future as ourselves. We're a stranger. It's really interesting. That is super fascinating and also something that I've never heard before. So I love that. I love that so much. That's really neat. And just really is interesting that our brain doesn't recognize us in our future self. Well, I feel like <laughs> when we understand how our brain works, and this is why I like to include brain research and a lot of the things that I talk about, I think when we understand oh, this is how my brain works, right? First of all, it's like, okay, I'm not crazy. I'm not the worst ever. This is why I've struggled with goals because this is how my brain works. And when I understand how my brain works, I can shift it. I can change it through my mindset. I can realize, I know that I have a hard time seeing myself in the future. So I'm gonna do these things to allow myself to see myself in the future. Like, let's say you wanna run a marathon, get a picture of someone crossing the finish line and just superimpose your picture on top you know, through Photoshop or one of those yeah, things, there you go. start to really connect who you are today with who you are in the future. When we understand how our brain works, it's so amazing how we can unlock it. So it really starts to work for us. I like that. I want my brain to work for me for sure. Yes. 
<laughs> for <laughs> me sure. Too. Um, because listen, it can definitely work against me. That I that I'm sure of. <laughs> yeah, no problem there, right? That's easy yeah. for our brain to work no, against us. No problems there. Um, so in your book, you also talk about the beautiful mess effect. Yeah. Hit me with that. Yeah. So that I love all that- these different terms that you have. I love this so much. <laughs> Well, it's one of those things, again, it it almost normalizes like, oh, this is why I do these things, right? Um, It goes and it feeds back into that idea of how we see the negative more often than we see the positive. And that's especially true in ourselves. We are really quick to beat ourselves up. We're really quick to be our worst critic. And when I say our worst critic, I mean, we say things to ourselves we wouldn't say to anyone else, right? We would certainly never say it to someone that we care about or love. So what's interesting is when we see somebody else, like we see somebody on social media or we see them in the media or the news or something, and they've had a failure or they've had a mistake or something has happened, we have a lot of empathy for them. We're like, oh my gosh, that's, you can do this. You can get yourself up. Or if our best friend were to call us and say, I'm the worst mom, we would say, no, let me tell you all the good things you've done, right? So we give a lot of grace to everybody else, but we don't give ourselves grace for the very same thing in ourselves. This is the thing is we we find the beautiful mess in everybody else's mess. But in our mess, we don't see any beauty in there at all. So what if we stopped treating ourselves like this horrible person, like our worst enemy? Because let's be honest, we wouldn't say the things we say to ourselves to someone we absolutely couldn't stand, right? What if we chose instead to give ourselves that same grace we give to other people? What if we saw ourselves as a beautiful mess, a perfectly imperfect person who's doing their best to make it through the day, which is what we all are. We're humans. We're not designed to be perfect. And we, we don't have a problem seeing that in other people, in our friends, in our family. We can totally reward them for being vulnerable. But if we are vulnerable or we are a little bit of a mess, we have no patience for it. So let's switch that up in our lives. Well, yeah, for sure. I'm guilty of that for sure. Without mm-hmm. a doubt, I am guilty of that. It's like, yeah, why not call her? Everybody's got a mess. Everybody. Oh, we no all do. You are, Everybody right? does. You look around and you're like, oh, this person's got it all figured out. Eh, no, they don't. They don't. <laughs> they don't. They don't. They don't. They have their own mess. Everybody does. We all do. And like, yeah, so just labeling that mess that we all have as, as something that's beautiful. And it's just a part of, of who we are. And it's a part of the growing you know, of ourselves and evolution of ourselves and, and all of that. And it can be something that we label as beautiful instead of just like awful and make ourselves feel badly for. Yeah, we, we do. We beat ourselves up for getting off the track or getting off the path of where we think we're supposed to be, right? That we're, we're a hot mess. And the truth is, a lot of times it's the detours of life. It's when we get off the path that we really discover the life that we were meant for. There are times where we're on this, like, we'll call it a highway, right? We're on this highway and we're going 90 miles an hour down the highway. We're doing all the things. And then all of a sudden we look down and we're like, whoa, I'm off the highway, right? I'm off this other, I'm on this other path. I've totally screwed up and we'll beat ourselves up for it. But what if instead you said, hmm, first of all, do I want to get back on that highway or do I like where I am? This path has mountain views and there's this great diner down the road I didn't even know existed, right? A lot of times we don't even know those opportunities are there until we get off the path, until we veer off of that highway. We don't even know that these things exist in our world. I know for me, the path that I'm on now, if you had told me I would be here 20 years ago, I would say, that's crazy. There's no way. I thought I was going to be a stay-at-home mom. And here I am. I run a seven-figure business. I, I have a podcast. I have books. 
And part of that is because I totally veered off the path and I'm so happy I did. A lot of times it's getting off the path that gets us to the life we really want and the life we really desire. It shows us the opportunities that are there. Sometimes we want to get back on the highway and that's okay. But sometimes we think, you know what? I'm going to stay on the scenic route instead. And that's a good thing. Yeah. And I, I absolutely adore that too, because I think a lot of times people, they get so fixated on the goals that they set for themselves that they put these blinders on. Right. Oh yeah. So Mm -hmm. when the blinders Mm -hmm. are on, like, you know, sometimes the goals change and, and it's understanding that that's okay, that your goals are meant to sometimes change and grow with you. But if you have these blinders on sometimes, or this tunnel vision, people are like, Oh, you got to have tunnel vision to your dreams. You got to have tunnel vision, tunnel vision. Oh no, 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 no. Open those blinders up. Take a look around. I think, you know, I, I equate this to, I just sent my oldest to college and I'm like, honey, look around. There's so many, explore as much as you can. I feel like when I went to college, there was like five jobs I had to choose from. I didn't even know some of these careers existed. And we don't know that unless we take the blinders off. It's so important to stop and look around. If we have the blinders on, we're missing the joy. We're missing the opportunities. We're, We're missing the things that we're really looking for, which is happiness, joy, a real true passion for our lives. So yeah, don't put the blinders on. Take the blinders off. Take a chance to look around. Slow down. Enjoy the mountain views. You don't have to be on the highway all the time. I think that's also just important to recognize as, as far as, you know, you, were, you touched on the pandemic and this, this you know, non-negotiable pause that we all had. I think it was this beautiful reminder to, to, to stop and take a look around and be like, how have mm-hmm. I been living my life up until now? And whenever this thing is over, which we had no freaking idea. And it was always like, Oh, it'll be done in a month. Oh, it's going to be done in two months. Oh, we'll probably be out of this in a couple <laughs> One more months. Month. <laughs> yeah. A couple months, a couple more months, you know, by the end of the summer, by totally the end fine. of winter, you're like, Oh my God, we're still here. Um, but regardless, um, you know, I think it was just, there's now that now, as we are, moving back into something that somewhat resembles quote unquote normal, whatever the heck that is. I don't know. Um, but it's like life is picking up again. And a lot Mm -hmm. of people have moved back into the fast lane again. And I think it's really important to think about these moments when everything stopped and to really ask ourselves, because I know, I think everybody asks themselves in that moment, like, how have I been living my life up until now? Is that something that I want to continue when we go back to quote unquote normal? Right. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of people made a lot of promises to themselves about the kind of life that they wanted to live post pandemic and, you know, the kind of life they were living pre pandemic. And what are those two lives and do you want it to look different? So I think it's just a moment also to encourage people to, to think about that really consciously and ask, ask if you're, you know, moving in the direction that you promised yourself that you would, or did you just mm-hmm. jump right back into the fast lane? Yeah. Well, it's, it's easy when our, when our ship is sinking, it's easy to know what to throw overboard. And when the pandemic hit, everybody's ship was sinking. So all of a sudden you're throwing things overboard and it became so clear, right? And now that our boat is somewhat patched, it leaks a little bit, but it's somewhat patched. We're like, oh no, no, I can take all those things back in my boat. And we forget that's slowing your boat down. It's weighing it down. It's, it's pushing it under the water, Let's go back and and really think about when I had that clarity, what was most important to me? What were the things that I said I definitely want to do? 
What were the things that were really important to me? What were the things that made me feel like I don't spend enough time doing these things? And now I want to do this. So go back and revisit that. Do a little reflection on that and really think about when my ship was sinking, what did I discover was most important? And now let me center my life on those few things. Because I can promise you it was a lot fewer things than what you're doing right now, right? We want to treat everything like it's a priority, which means that nothing is a priority. So let's go back to rediscovering and thinking about what those things were. And let's center our life around that. Let's, let's, let's focus in our time, our energy, our focus on those fewer things, because that's really what's going to bring us that joy. I, I think you're right in that we're taking on all these things and we're, we're picking up old goals that we used to have. You know, I, I used to say plans should be written in pencil and that goals should be written in ink. And that was like the dumbest thing I could have possibly said. Because goals should be written in pencil, erase them, change them, throw away the eraser markings, right? And and change your goals. It's it's never too late to shift or change because that's one of the things I hear too is like, oh, is it too late? I don't have this figured out. And it's like, no, you could be 80 years old still figuring it out. And that's okay because we're evolving, we're growing, we're changing. And that's that's an incredible thing. That's part of being human. I love that. And so- Yeah, everyone should pick up your book on purpose. And it sounds like there's an incredibly beautiful roadmap, if you will, to figuring out how to get unstuck and figuring out how to live your life on purpose and set goals that are meaningful and impactful. Um, And you share so much insight and just so many different beautiful nuggets, if you will, on how to to do all of that. And uh, so I'm I'm excited to check it out. It, it drops October 26th, correct? That's right, October 26th. Yeah. So yeah, so as it, soon as this this podcast will be out by the time the book is out, so people can go and buy it right away. Fabulous. I, I mean, this is the thing: is uh, I know a lot of people feel stuck, or they feel like they're not sure what to do. I say in the book, the we think the opposite of stuck is unstuck. But there's this like magical moment where the clouds part, rainbows shoot out of the sky, right? But the opposite of stuck is action, taking small, tiny action. That's how we get ourselves unstuck, which is why for me with this book, it was really important to me that you had action steps. You know, there is an interactive reader guide to help you uh, dive in even further. There's, There's exercises and activities to really help you not feel stuck, to take small action in order to move forward. And some of them are small action that really build into big action. So I never want anyone to finish a book that I've written and feel like, wow, inspiring, great, now what? I want you to have the tools to be able to take action. So that's really what this book is all about. Amazing. I love that. It's very all-encompassing. Um, okay, so last question for you, Tanya. And uh, I ask everyone this question, which is, what is one piece of advice that you would give your younger self? Oh, you're doing so much better than you thought, than you think you are. You're doing so much better than you think you are because I think, you know, especially when you're young, you really do look around and you, all of your measurements of success are based off what everybody else is doing. And you always worry, worry that you're falling short or that you're failing. And you know what? Even when you think you're not on the right path, even when you think you have strayed and you've done something wrong, it's always been your path all along. All those twists and turns, the things that were in your way, the obstacles and the brambles, all of that was part of your path. And I think if I knew that then, I would have never worried about being on the right path because 
it's always been my right path. It's taken me to where I am today, even when I thought I wasn't on the right path. I love it. All right. Well, thank you so much for being here, Tanya. Uh, we've absolutely loved, I absolutely love chatting with you. So thanks so much for being on. Absolutely. This is a lot of fun. You guys, that was amazing. She had so much insight. I feel like I just learned so much, especially like statistics about how the brain works and all of these things that I actually have never heard before. Like a lot of times, like, you know, mindset things are things that we know, um, but they're kind of put to us in a different way that we maybe haven't heard before, but these statistics um, around, you know, these negative thoughts that we have and really just shifting and changing the way that we think um, really just fascinating and so interesting to me. So I hope that you found this episode to be that as well. I hope that this episode helped you in, in any way to get out of your head, out of your own way to know that progress is progress, right? Progress is progress, you guys. It's like, don't focus so heavily on your rate of motion. Focus on the fact that you are making progress, that you're taking those small steps, that you're moving forward in the direction that you want to go. And I think that's the biggest, for me, the biggest takeaway is like, be proud of your baby steps. Be proud of your baby steps because those baby steps, they start to add up. It's the drop of water in the bucket that eventually fills the entire bucket. All of a sudden you look back and you are where you've meant to go. You, you, you are, you've arrived, right? And it just happens over time, little by little. So don't be hard on yourself. Remind yourself, baby steps are okay. They're better than okay. They're great. And you're going to get where you want to go if you just keep moving little by little. Um, yeah, I mean, I was about to sign off, but also, you know, me, it's always, I'm always thinking about a sports reference. So it's like, move those chains, you know, you got to get down the field, get the first down. You got to move the chains. You know what I mean? It's like little by little, you move those chains and all of a sudden you get four extra tries. Um, if you know sports at all or know football, um, move those chains, baby. Uh, anyways, that's going to be a wrap for today. Uh, yeah. So I hope that you will pick up Tanya's book. I hope that you will follow Tanya on Instagram. She is at Tanya, T-A-N-Y-A dot I dot Dalton. Uh, so give her a follow as well. And then you know the drill, follow the Very Best Self pod on Instagram at Very Best Self. Follow me at Victoria Brown. Like, subscribe, review. Uh, that's pretty much it for today. It's going to be a wrap. So I will see you guys next Tuesday. Thank you. I appreciate you.